welcome to the Eastside Movement Company podcast. I'm Dr. Anthony Arcido, co-owner of Eastside Movement Company. This podcast, we are going to discuss all things health and wellness, dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way you can actually understand. Hey, what's up? Uh, welcome to the Eastside Movement Company podcast. I'm Dr. Anthony, and I'm here with Dr. Amy. So it's not really a special guest, but um, I mean, you are a special guest, but uh, you're more of a, we're typically a host. We, yes. Okay. But this is a special episode because we, when we started the podcast, we intended to do more of these. And so far, for the most part, you've gotten either Anthony having a conversation with someone or me having a conversation with someone. And today we're going to have a conversation with each other that you guys are going to get to listen to. And we're really excited uh, because today we're going to talk about shoes. And shoes are a really hot topic because almost everybody wears shoes. Um, Almost. 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 (laughs) Everybody that like we treat who comes into our clinic uh, wears shoes and almost everybody wants to know what kind of shoes should I be wearing and what activity are they appropriate for. And there's a whole lot of information out there. So Anthony and I are going to get into all sorts of things about what we think about when we're trying to help someone pick a pair of shoes versus what are some quick tips and things that you can think about as you are trying to pick out your next shoes for running. Maybe it's uh, what shoe, what should you do with your shoes for cycling? Um, what kind of shoes should you lift in? We're going to talk about things and we're going to set things straight. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, take this as like our interpretation of things. Like everybody has a little bit of a different um, idea about stuff. But what I would say with what we're looking at is we're really trying to figure out like how people's bodies are moving um, and how shoes can help people continue to move freely um, without uh, a lot of compensation and a lot of inefficiency. Um, so that's what we're trying to get at with shoes is how do we make you as efficient as possible and as free as possible? Um, so, you know, when we start to look at shoes, I'd say we start from like really day one or the phone call, right? I mean, for sure. From my perspective. Can I, Anthony, can I just mm-hmm. like, can we set the record straight and start people out on the right foot yeah. here? Uh, no pun intended or maybe mm-hmm. pun intended. Is there, what is the best pair of shoes? What's the best pair of shoes? Just like tell us the answer so we yeah. can so we can get to it. There really, I mean, there really is no best pair of shoes. <laughs> um, it depends, right? Dang it depends it. on the person, depends on like what they're doing. There's just a lot of context involved. So like a lot of people will be like, oh, what's the five best running shoes for me or in general? And it's like, well, I don't know. Like I'd have to see your foot. I have to see like how you move. Like and all that sort of stuff. You know, some people do well with barefoot shoes, some people don't. Um, you know, it, uh, it just kind of depends on the person, really. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those depends answers. I, I've heard that before. Um, and for anybody who hasn't seen us for physical therapy, we are uh, a very nuanced couple of people. There is no singular answer. Um, and our job is to take all of the bits of information that the person in front of us is giving us and make the best choice. And there is no singular Uh, best answer for what shoe anyone should wear or what shoe or what what exactly you should do for back pain for example the answer is always going to depend so today we're gonna we're talking to you about what goes into that decision making process so Anthony you you've touched on it but what what are some of those things that go into that decision making process someone comes in they're not happy with their pair of shoes or you think they need to be in a different pair of shoes what's what's going on what are you thinking yeah, so there's a few different like decisions that we're going through. It's like 
what can they survive in the shoes they have now um, with maybe a little bit of help from like a pad in their arch? Um, can they get away with wearing, you know, a shoe that we find that like might give them a little bit more support neurologically? And what I mean by that is like um, when we walk on hard surfaces, if we walk barefoot, our ground doesn't conform to that hard surface or the ground doesn't conform to our foot as well. Um, and then if we were to walk in like softer or soft grass, like the ground conforms to our foot. Uh, so it allows our body to really sense the earth and sense the ground in, um, at that same time when that's happening, the brain then like turns on or turns off muscles depending on like what it's feeling, right? Um, so then we need to decide like if their shoe isn't the shoe for them, like how do we find something that is going to help their brain be like you are free to move? And then from there, the last decision we're gonna have to make is do they need a neurological orthotic? And when I say neurological, it's different than like when we think of like orthopedic ones, right? So like when you think of orthotic, like you probably think of what, like a hard orthotic for for the most part like that's what i think most people think of yeah that's if it, especially before we got into the type of orthotics that we will sometimes put people in um yeah an orthotic was a really rigid firm thing that is literally going to like hold your foot in a position yeah yeah and these ones are just more again going to facilitate movement right and that's what we want with all these things um but going back to the shoe decision we have to decide basically like is this person kind of strong enough mobile enough in their foot to handle like a barefoot shoe all the time all the time right barefoot shoe non-supportive shoe non-structured shoe really um is how i would describe it um so that's kind of like the main decisions i'm looking at is like are we trying to facilitate a certain pattern and if they can hold that pattern can they or, or if they can get into that pattern can they hold it without like having to have a specific shoe for um, sure yeah <clears throat> so for me when i'm thinking about what kind of shoe to put somebody in uh one of the first decisions that i am going to make that you touched on is like am i going to put someone in a more structured shoe that's going to help them be able to sense the ground better and be able to connect with their feet better and connect with the rest of their body better or is, am I less worried about that? Does someone, am I maybe going to put someone in a more minimalist shoe that's thinner, that's going to allow them to feel the ground better and have less structure? So yeah. the, the question there is like, is this person able to perceive the ground? And we figure that out through some testing that we do. We figure that out as we start to go through some exercises with people. Um, essentially, we take in like, what part of your body hurts? What are you responding to? And then what does your body need more of? And for some people, that means we are going to go for a structured shoe. Structured shoes are sometimes good. And for other people, I'm going to say, hey, you would really benefit from your toes being able to spread out a little bit more. Let's get you in a wider toe box shoe because maybe you have a problem going on at your like forefoot or at your midfoot and there's some irritation going on there and we need to like decompress that space a little bit more. Maybe that's what we're thinking. Um, so that's that's one of the first questions that I'm trying to answer in terms of like, which direction am I going to go with somebody? But Anthony, we're relatively specific about what type of structured shoes that we like and maybe what kinds that we don't like. And uh, there's some really popular brands that we typically don't ever recommend to people because they don't necessarily match up what we're looking for in either that structured shoe or the more like minimalist shoe. What are some of those brands or what are some of those popular brands that we, we talk about this, I feel like, relatively frequently? Uh, well, Nikes for sure. Um, what's what's wrong with Nikes? Why don't we like Nikes? They don't really, they're kind of the worst of both worlds. Like they're not wide enough to like really allow you, they're, they're not like thin enough and wide enough to allow you to sense the ground and have mobility and stability in your foot. So being able to move back and forth between 
a soft bag of bones and a rigid lever. And then they're also basically two, they're not, they're not structured enough to actually facilitate certain movements. So it's like, they don't really do anything that we want them to do. Uh, more yeah, or less. I, I mean, sorry, sorry to the people out there who wear Nikes. Um, Nikes not hurting. So like, I don't feel bad crapping on Nike. Nike's uh, really not hurting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think Nike Nike is going to do all right. Um, and, you know, the people, I feel like in, in it's it's one of those things where it's like, how much is it like fashion over function, right? Like, yeah. You know, like Nikes look cool and they're like That's nice so cool. and like that sort of thing. And like a lot of people have them and it's, um, but if you are having pain and you're having persistent pain, I don't think it's worth continuing to wear a Nike shoe versus like a Brooks shoe or versus like um, a natural, you know, um, unstructured shoe, that sort of thing, at least in my opinion. But I mean, everybody has their, their, um, their price, I guess. For sure. Yeah. And, and we are, I, I will caveat this with, we are much more biased towards people who are in the like pain and recovery side of mm. things versus people are in the high performance. So we're certainly not talking about maybe like a really high, high performance Nike yeah. shoe that is designed specifically to help mm. you go fast. That's not the conversation we're having here. Yeah. Um, we're having a like general person mm. trying to go out on a run, trying to move their body in general uh, yeah. conversation. So, But that um, kind of goes into it though too, because I it's just... like if you're the general person like running, like you don't need to spend $200 on a Nike <laughs> shoe. Like you just need to get your ass out there and run. Like, yeah. you know, like the, like... the carbon plate yeah. isn't going to help <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like if you're not like, uh, a, you know, like at the Olympic trial level, it's like that shoe, yes, it could make you a little bit faster, but your time and money is probably better spent like investing in your body and investing in like either a coach or like a program that's going to help you like ramp up properly to like what you're going to do um in you know in a good shoe that's going to help you get there you know versus a carbon plated <clears throat> shoe um definitely yeah no um i mean that that conversation extends out into the arena of like the bikes that people buy the shoes that people buy too right yeah. um mm -hmm. but okay i'm gonna try not to derail us there's another really really popular brand of shoes that we see on a bunch of people um, you know what I'm talking about. Tell me, mm -hmm. tell me what they are and tell, tell our people why we don't like them generally. Uh, they are, uh, so Hoka's typically like they're very popular right now. Um, they can be a really good shoe for a specific type of person. So, Definitely. um, they're a great shoe if you recently have fractured your big toe or have like no mobility in your big toe, um, because the rocker board on the bottom of it allows you to like bypass, like having big toe motion. Yep. Um, so it's for people that like really like don't have that big toe motion. Yeah. I've, I've also put a couple of people in Hoka's who are extremely, extremely sensitive, maybe have some sort mm -hmm. of like plantar fascia, something going on. And like, we just need to get them through the day because they have to stand for work or something's mm -hmm. going on, but they're not, I'm not going to try to put someone like that in a pair of Hoka's long-term. It's a, it's yeah. a crutch to get us to it. There's nothing wrong with using that crutch, mm -hmm. but it is only a like bridge to the next place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, even the shoes that we're talking about, the structures that we're talking about, ideally is just a bridge to get us to the right place. For you sure. Know? Yeah. Um, but you know, some people definitely need them for a longer period of time, but like, anyway, but yeah, but the, the issue with the Hoka's are, is that 
they with that rocker board it kind of propels you forward a little bit um so imagine like if you're on your toes right leaning forward you're going to kick on different muscles than if you're on your heels leaning backwards right and so you're going to be a little bit more biased to maybe kicking on your back muscles or kicking on your um calf muscles that sort of thing it can lead to irritation of either one of those two for some people um just depending on the type of depending on like you know the the person in and of themselves but yeah that's kind of like what i look at a lot of times with hoka is like if you don't it really like if it isn't broke like don't fix it like if it isn't broke like you probably don't need a hoka yeah uh, <laughs> my, my my other big thing is that like it's it's so it's so strange right now because the at least from my perspective the running shoe industry has gone in two directions there are hokas and on clouds whose like very name tell you that they're going to bring you away from the ground and put you on something squishy right and then there's and then there's the like side of the shoe market that's really into this more like minimalist barefoot shoe mm -hmm. and it it almost seems like people are people are either like i'm gonna wear a marshmallow on my foot or I'm gonna like be super thin. And like my problem with people wearing a marshmallow on their foot is that like, if that shoe isn't giving you structure and if, you, if you've just got this pillowy, cushiony marshmallow underneath your foot, you are taking away your body's ability, your foot's ability to sense the ground. Mm -hmm. And that's messing people up, right? From, from our perspective, like we want people to be able to perceive the ground and uh, walking around, running around on a squishy marshmallow yeah. is doing, is doing people mostly no favors unless you are so sensitive that you need that right yeah oh 100 percent. it's 100 percent. it's it's again it's the worst of both worlds like if you don't have a broken big toe for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah um i i have a i have a funny like little aside personal uh anecdote here so um my my younger sister her name's Paige. um if she listens to this hi Paige. um but anyway uh, Paige is a physical therapy student and she's going to graduate in May and become a physical therapist. Really excited about that. Paige. Yes. Uh, go Paige. Um, but over Christmas, uh, Paige got a pair of on clouds that she had asked for from my mom. And one of the first things Paige did after trying them on is she looks over at me and she says, well, tell me the truth. Do you like these? <laughs> <laughs> and I had kept my mouth shut up until that point because it's like, I, uh, you know, like, I'm not going to offer my opinion on something like that. I'm not just going to, like, mm -hmm. attack my sister on Christmas morning, right, unless she, like, asks me to do so. Yeah. Um, so once she gave me permission to do so, I said, no, absolutely not. Like, yeah. their name tells you what they're doing. Yeah. We don't want you on a cloud. We want you grounded. And she was like, oh, but, like, they're so popular and, like, the style, yeah. they look so good. And she, like, goes around the corner and looks at herself in the mirror, and she's like, they look really good on me. They look really good. And I said, but how do they feel? Yeah. And she yeah. was like... I really don't like how they feel. And that, that was the end of that. And then she asked me for my recommendation and now she's in a pair of shoes that um, help her be on the ground a little bit more. She's in a specific pair of Brooks, if anybody's listening. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I thought that was like very funny. The, the pull people sometimes have between like uh, function versus like fashion versus like what's hot and what's popular. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I even felt like that, like, especially when I had to wear dress pants before, like oh, in gosh. a previous life, like I didn't want to wear, like be a person that wore dress pants and tennis shoes. Like that doesn't <laughs> look cool. Like, um, and then eventually I just wore jeans and then like I would wear tennis shoes that were like stylish sneakers. But I remember I had these pair of Nikes and they like were definitely higher in the heel and then my back would kill me by the oh, end of the gosh. day. Um, it was, it was similar to Hoka, like it rocks you forward. Right. And so like, yeah, yeah. um, oh my gosh like it would just kill me and then eventually like um i just stopped wearing them and i wore just like a flat shoe and like those were fine like my feet would be tired at the end of the day um but now like you know i really don't have any problems and now i feel like 
Brooks like used to not have like very nice designs, but like I feel like they had to like catch up with the rest of the industry, um, especially because I used to buy them a lot at like Ross Dress for Less, <laughs> which is like that's never a good sign you're for your clothing the, brand. You're scraping the bottom uh, of the barrel there like, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're at Ross, like if predominantly at Ross in like the sales section of like Academy. It's never a good sign for your design team. Um, but yeah, they seem to have done a much better job like in the last like three, four years at least. For sure. Um, okay, so people are like, Amy, Anthony, you've abstractly talked about these structured shoes. What, in, in terms of like what we're talking about, let's tell people like more concretely mm-hmm. what we're talking about. What does a structured shoe mean? What qualities does a shoe need to have? And then what are some of the brands that yeah. we that we look at that for and maybe even tell people who's who's influencing some of our thoughts on this right yeah yeah so that's a good question so we get um from a structure suit standpoint like we're looking through the lens of the postural restoration institute um and so they actually release a shoe list every year so you can just type in like pri shoe list twice a year this twice year. a year yeah yeah because shoes do change over every six months which is just crazy um but basically what you want to look for is like when you bend a shoe like does it bend at the toes or does it bend at the midfoot i Ideally, it bends at like where your toes bend. Um, And then you want to grab like the back of it, like the heel, and try to push it in. And that heel counter like um, should not move inward. And then you want to compress like the side by the heel and then the other side by the heel. And that should keep pretty much upright as well. Yeah. Um, The the other thing when you're looking at the back of the heel, you want the back of the heel to be relatively flat. We don't want people to be posted... Um, to one side or the other. Mm -hmm. Sometimes shoes will post you to one side or the other because there's this fear in like the running industry that I feel like is not as bad, but like there's this big fear of pronating. Um, Another thing that, that we need to mention when it comes to talking about feet is that like our feet are meant to move and our feet are meant to pronate and to supinate. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to pronate. Our, our feet aren't designed to just like be rigid blocks that go like clop, clop, clop up and mm-hmm. down, right? Like you mentioned it earlier, it's supposed to go from absorbing force to being a rigid lever. And yeah. to absorb force, the foot has to pronate and has to move down towards the ground. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It can't get stuck. For sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you want to be able to move back and forth. And like Mizuno's used to be famous for having like a high medial or inner post. So like you would almost be like halfway to rolling your ankle already, um, (laughs) which is never like a fun position to be in for sure. Um, But yeah, that's, you know, and and I tell people at least like I'm like, make sure they're comfortable. Like when you put them on, like they shouldn't feel like weird. Um, by any means like there shouldn't be a breaking in period I don't know what else for sure yeah that's that's what I tell people so what what I usually tell people if we do decide like hey this person needs to go down the path of a structured shoe right now then um, typically what I do is I look at the postural restoration institute's shoe list and uh, I look at the person's foot and I say like hey why don't you go buy um, like two or three shoes off this list mm-hmm. and I've made predictions based on like how their foot looks like, what I know about their body so far that I think like one of these shoes is probably going to work. So anyway, they go out and buy a few shoes and then the, the most ideal situation is that somebody brings their new shoes yeah. into the clinic and gives us options in terms of what those shoes are and then I watch them walk, I watch them move in those shoes and then we get them on the table and we do some table tests as well mm-hmm. because ideally in the right pair of shoes, I'm not only going to see that that person's moving better and that person's going to feel like they're moving better but from an objective measure standpoint some of the things that we look at on the table and i'm not going to get in super duper into this because it's it's a little bit detailed and nuanced um but 
the table test should tell us that that person's body essentially likes that shoe yeah. as well. Their range of motion should increase. Like that's basically. a good way to explain that. Yeah. Um, like whether it be your shoulders, your hips, and and your neck. Like all yeah. all, three all three of those, of those should levels improve. should should improve with the right shoe. Yeah, and like that even happened today. Like I brought, had someone come in. He got some new shoes, um, and uh, it um, completely freed him up. You know, and it's a great way. It's a, especially nowadays with how busy people are too. Like it's honestly a not that big of an investment for something that like keeps you moving very oh well gosh. all day long. Yeah, you know, especially if you're like a busy person, like it's definitely well worth the investment. It is. It's like 140 bucks every four to six months. It you is. Know? the The other nice thing is that like there are several shoe stores, both online and in person, that will let mm -hmm. you return the shoes if you don't like them within uh, like 30, 60, or 90 days. Mm -hmm. So like, there's literally no downside to having somebody buy a few pairs of shoes, bring them in, and then mm -hmm. we'll send back the ones that don't work. And like, yeah. that way we've like, instead they'll of just like, they'll, yes, yeah. we don't send You will send your shoes back. Um, we're not gonna get personally involved with that. That would be a, that would be a logistic nightmare for us. Um, but anyway, you get to send your shoes back but then you get the knowledge that like, hey, yeah. I've got the right shoes for me. And like Amy or Anthony has helped me come to that decision. You can be confident that that, mm -hmm. that pair of shoes is going to serve you well for the next like chunk of time that, that we're, sure. we're planning for those shoes to, to help you for, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I and, and yeah, I think Fleet Feet is a great one in town, REI. Yep. Fleet Feet, Fleet Feet's really, um, really great. I don't know any other ones that allow you to return them, but Brooks allows you to return them 90 days, Brooks. money, uh, satisfaction shouldn't even if you wear them yeah for sure yeah um the uh, another thing that i wanted to talk about was a like personal story with getting into a structured pairs of shoes myself mm -hmm. because yeah. so like uh i really like wide toe box shoes i fell in love with ultras and i wore a couple of pairs of ultras that got super duper beat up and i loved being able to feel the ground a little bit more but in terms of rehabbing my own body, improving my own like range of motion and mobility and sort of movement options that I've been working on for myself. I had gotten stuck in terms of my hip range of motion. One of the hip tests that we do, my hip range of motion has been limited essentially since I met Anthony two years ago. Mm -hmm. And we've tried some different things and some things have moved the needle in the right direction, but nothing cleared it up, right? So from the posture restoration standpoint, I'm someone that you would start to think, hey, you would probably benefit from being in a structured pair of shoes. Let's try a structured pair of shoes and see what's up. So. Finally, like two years later, after I found out about all this stuff, um, get a structured pair of pair of shoes, and I ended up going with the Brooks Adrenaline. And uh, Anthony tested me the next morning, tested my hips, that same hip test, and like finally my hips were mm -hmm. were able to get that full extension and full like adduction range of motion that had just like not been happening for me previously. Um, sure. So like there's. We, we like downplay it or, or it's it's easy to be like, well, shoes don't matter that much or like as long as the pair of shoes works for you, it's great. But um, there's a lot of power in like switching up. If you've tried something for a while, if you're still having problems, there's a lot of power in mm -hmm. uh, changing your strategy, being open-minded to trying new things. And that uh, certainly like has played out for me in terms of helping me um, continue to put the, the pieces together for my own body. For sure, for sure. And I think it's a great like, you know, <clears throat> kind of like thought of like, is what you're doing working? Like, you know, like, it's like, well, you know, it's like you've worn the same shoes for four years, like, or same, yeah. like, you keep buying the same one is like, are you just buying it just from like, you know, just kind of uh, forward momentum? It's like, well, I've already bought these, so I might as well just keep buying them. Like, they seem to be all right. For sure. Um, but even like going off what you said, like, you know, um, uh, Emily, for example, like, she had some 
<clears throat> really bad jaw pain. Um, and I know she Emily, can, Emily is Anthony's wife, by the way, if um, anybody doesn't know that. Yeah. Was, we're, we're not talking about a client and, and disclosing yeah, personal information yeah, here. Yeah. I guess we are kind of, but like, she'll be all right with it. <laughs> um, she's not a paying client. So, um, <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I knew shoes had an effect on like the jaw and the neck and um, she's had this bad jaw pain, couldn't really open her mouth and then got her some right shoes, facilitated the right movement throughout her like pelvis, you know, uh, mid back and her neck and all of a sudden the jaw pain kind of dissipated. And you know, there's some other factors involved with that obviously, but it's a great starting point for a lot of people. A for really sure. great starting and point. And the, the, other interesting, the other interesting thing about Emily's case was that you guys didn't jump to like a pair of shoes immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were trying a really specific like jaw based and yeah. even like dental approach. Like Emily yeah. went and saw a dentist too um, yeah. and had, had hit some roadblocks, hadn't gotten the results she wanted and um, changing strategies and looking at the body as a whole yep. was so helpful. 100%. That's 100% correct. So yeah, I, I think that's like, you know, it's um, just such a great way to put it is like, you know, is what you're doing currently working, you know? Um, and, and, you know, even with myself, like I would always like leave the end of the day, like tired feet, like feet yeah. aching. And then, you know, I switched to a different shoe that was a little bit better for me. And, you know, I feel great at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I really like, I really like people having some options in terms mm-hmm. of like, all right, this is a structured shoe that works for me. Maybe yeah. I don't want to wear a structured shoe all the time. Maybe I want to go lift in the gym and a structured shoe is too is too much in the gym. So maybe I have my other pair of shoes for the gym that I prefer to lift in. Maybe I have my cycling shoes that mm-hmm. I that I ride my bike in, right? That that are important because they have that like clip on the bottom that clips into the pedal. Um, but I know we wanted to touch on a little bit um, orthotics and cycling shoes a little bit more. Um, so cycling shoes, if you're not familiar, uh, they're very specific in there's not a whole lot of variation in the way that those cycling shoes are designed. There's some like low level cycling shoes that are like a little bit more flexible and the higher level ones like are more rigid and maybe even have like a carbon plate in them. But in terms of how those shoes look, they're very similar, like Mm. very like small toe box. They're just Mm. gonna like squish your shoe and they're flat on the bottom. Like there's there's nothing going on inside of the shoe to sort of like help your foot conform Mm. to the shoe. The inside of the shoe is like a, a, like just a little cavern, like flat. Right. Um, So in terms of why we might think about putting somebody in orthotic in a pair of cycling shoes and what type of orthotic we're talking about, um, what, what do you think about with folks? And when do you think about that with folks? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, it should be probably earlier with cyclists. Like they should almost, almost, most people should probably have orthotics in their cycling shoe, I would probably say, Um, just because it is so flat, right? It's like, it's the same thing we just talked about. Like, you know, do you have the mobility in your foot? Do you have the ability to move things back and forth and then... I could bet for eight to nine out of 10 cyclists, they don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so at that point, it's like you probably need something to kind of facilitate that movement. Well, that's so cycling is inherently different from running in that mm-hmm. regard. There is no impact. There's no yeah. contact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could make an argument that there's a like little bit of that at the very bottom of the pedal stroke, mm-hmm. but certainly not to the extent that you need no. to absorb force when you, when your foot's hitting the ground when you're running, right? No. Yeah, I mean, you are you are in a more stable position for sure, but your hips and body are moving in, you know, positions that are going to be very similar to like what you would running, right? Like you're going to externally rotate your leg, you're going to internally rotate your leg, you're going to move back and forth between the two, right? And so like your foot is a great way for your body to feel like 
oh, I'm a little bit more on my arch now. Like I can kind of facilitate this internal rotation. Or I'm a little bit more on my heel now or my toes now. I can facilitate like my glutes a little bit more. And so really for cyclists, what it's maybe doing a little bit more of is it's helping you become maybe a little more efficient as a cycler um, or cyclist. Um, <laughs> I liked that. Uh, and, uh, you know, and use muscles that you wouldn't typically use because your brain has more of a sense of your whole foot. And so you can access muscles that you maybe wouldn't have before. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. a big thing. And then also, like, if you are having pain in your foot, like, uh, neuro orthotic can be, like, fantastic for you. For sure. So even, even in the absence of pain, so we've talked about, like, most cyclists should probably have some sort of orthotic or insert mm. in their shoe. But I would I would say that like if your feet cramp up when you ride, you especially need to have an orthotic yeah. in your shoe because yeah. if your if your foot muscles are like working that hard, they're essentially having trouble like conforming to that flat shoe and you're gonna get much more efficient power transfer through your foot into the pedal if your foot muscles aren't like limiting you from doing that or if your foot itself isn't limiting you from doing that right yeah yeah and i mean you think about it if your feet are cramping up like that's just a lost energy it you is. know like is that your toes curling up and cramping up like that's not going power is not going into the pedal like with that like you're just losing energy like that so like it's like if you can get out of pain and like use those muscles that like aren't going to actually move that pedal um like why wouldn't you do it like it just makes too much sense for sure um, yeah. you know and there's a few and, and i will say like there are there's one brand lake i think that like has been known to have like a little bit wider toe box than like for sure. other other um cycling shoes but, but for those the are most also part, like crazy expensive yeah yeah but for the <laughs> most and, and honestly like how much of that is like hype gonna improve that or not improve that like is it worth like your cost benefit because honestly yeah. for me like shoes like it might as well just be toilet paper because like I just tear through shoes all the time because I crash like about <laughs> once a month. Uh, yeah. So the, <laughs> so. The, the solution, the easier solution, right? So there's the, the like more neurologic orthotic that we're talking about is mm -hmm. maybe a like higher level solution or a higher level answer for someone ha who's having maybe a specific problem just yeah. because that's a more expensive piece of like equipment, right? Yeah. Um, but in terms of like somebody who's like, mm, my feet cramp up a little bit or I wanna improve things, we would recommend go out and get like a general orthotic mm -hmm. that's gonna run you between probably like 40 to 60 bucks. Um, and like Superfeet is really well known um, and does a good job. And there's different color of Superfeet depending on essentially like, are, is your at, is your arch relatively like normal? Are you a little bit more like flat? Are you a little bit more like high arched? Um, trying out just like a general orthotic um, that's like mass yeah. produced is a decent idea if you're thinking about getting something to put in your your cycling shoes. Yeah, usually I think the for cycling like usually the body the specialized like body geometry um, yeah. those usually are like are very accessible. They're very like well known for like inserts into cycling shoes. Um, and they're like 40 bucks or like you can even get like if there's a retool person by you You can even get them custom made and they're only like 90 bucks. They're not huh. even too expensive either That's pretty cheap because um, the, the yeah. orthotics that we're talking about run more in like the $250 mm -hmm. range yeah. So that's that's a bigger investment, right? And maybe a more specialized solution for people But um, if you're looking to like dip your toes in the like cheaper ones should should get you some benefit for sure for sure oh 100 percent, 100 yeah and i think um in cycling shoes yeah they're just it's it's very it's a very different conversation than running shoes like you said but you know it's different but similar in a way it's just like for sure. um more constraints want, with a cycling shoe definitely sure. whereas like a running shoe there's a, a million different kinds of running shoes mm -hmm. <laughs> cycling oh, shoes are like similar to being the same flavor <laughs> and we're about to go we're probably about to talk about minimal shoes which is like we are we gotta watch out because like i feel like 
minimal shoe people is like it falls into like crossfit you know uh like <laughs> I, i'm from california <laughs> i'm from i'm i'm a vegan you know that sort of thing like it's just there's a lot of passion involved with minimal issues like just a lot of passion which i can respect i'm a very passionate person so like but uh yeah it's uh you know i don't feel like there's as much passion in like the thicker sold uh you know no, people just like them because they're comfy <laughs> people are like they feel good minimal like, issues I'm it's happy. like an identity no yeah i mean especially before now like a couple yeah. years ago it was almost like countercultural to yeah. be into barefoot shoes you were the weird kid or the weird person with like the toe shoes everyone yeah. was like, like what like are that. you wearing yeah. yeah no people people liked being like i wear vibram five fingers that's i mean minimalist mm -hmm. shoes have come a long way in terms sure. of being like some of them look pretty nice good. now yeah yeah uh i mean i i have a few different pairs i have like a pair of feel grounds a pair of vivo barefoots i've got a pair of ultras um i've I've thoroughly dabbled, um, but I've made choices that, like, aren't ugly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like, Lems makes some, like, nice, like, looking, like, hiking shoes and, like, that they sort do. of thing. Yeah. Um, they look, like, a little more stylish, but, like, yeah, they're definitely, like, it used to be, like, very much, like, an identity thing. Like, it was... It, it, was... it, it did. And to, and to some extent, um, it, it still is. I feel like one of the big pieces of information that, to me, colors this conversation is that, like the world that we have created, the services that we stand on and that we mm -hmm. run on are much harder than what is like quote unquote natural, yeah. right? So in terms of in terms of like talking about a shoe that is more natural, um, there's an argument to be made for sure there, but mm -hmm. the other argument that you have to bring into the question is like, okay, in terms of what I'm wearing on my foot, I want it to be natural, but is the surface that I'm standing on natural? Yeah. And the answer, is going to be no because our surfaces are like concrete a lot yeah. of the time are very hard mm -hmm. and people weren't most people at least at least the people who, who are like from around here maybe there's some cultures where like people always stood on rocks mm -hmm. uh but like for the most part like unless you were to always stand on rocks that wouldn't be similar to like what your feet are going to experience now right especially if you run on the road for sure yeah a hundred percent yeah it's definitely like it's a lot different it's, it's it's just so much different now some people like i said earlier some people could do great with minimal shoes for like sure you know um i did see something funny though with like lifting and minimal shoes it was like um they had this basketball player who just wore in sneakers just like a regular pair of sneakers and it's uh -huh. like i wonder if he fell apart not wearing minimal shoes like under a squat rack like uh, when he played in the nba like it's, it, it is kind of funny like because it's just like you know everybody gets on their stick of like oh it has to be this shoe right um but you know usually like yeah if you're lifting weights like you want to feel the ground a little bit more you want to be able to push away from the floor a little you bit do. better you do yeah um, in in terms of weightlifting shoes a good weightlifting shoe you're going to be able to feel the ground it shouldn't be super cushioned you yeah. want it to be relatively flat um, and a lot of times when folks hear all of those things the advice that they've gotten is to lift in like Converse or Vans mm -hmm. we actually don't like or I don't I, I can speak for myself I don't like Converse or Vans for people to lift in um, Converse especially are sort of like like Nikes are in the running world the like bet the like worst of both worlds right yeah. because they Converse are so narrow that unless your mm -hmm. foot unless you are in like the the like fifth percentile or the 95th percentile for like narrow feet like mm -hmm. a converse is going to just like squish your foot and make it really hard for you to be able to like really accurately like sense where your foot is on the ground and to use your toes to spread out to like ground you yeah um yeah. so that is 
that is one thing that I'll talk to folks about is like stop lifting in Converse. Vans are a similar story in terms of like they're not quite wide enough. Um, I really like the Ultra Solstice for um, for lifting because they do have that wider toe box. They're relatively flat. They're thin. They're firm. Um, they're really great for a lifting shoe. Um, do you have anything else that you would like recommend for a lifting shoe? Um, no, I like all the ones that you have talked about. Um, the Vivo Barefoots are great. Um, you know, and it, and it depends. Like if someone's like powerlifting, like you know, those flatter shoes are good. If someone does CrossFit, it's a little bit tougher because like there is a running component usually involved. So For like, sure. you know, that's it's, that's where the Solstice really yeah, comes. The, mm-hmm. the like Ultra Solstice XT yeah. really comes through because yeah. it's meant to to be able to take you from like gym to running and yeah. has a little bit of cushion where you can run. Versus mm-hmm. like if you were just gonna lift, you could maybe get into a pair of like. Vivo Barefoots or like Feel Grounds or Limbs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like for most people, if you're running, especially if you strike on your heel, you're mm-hmm. gonna want like at least a like touch of cushion. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I think with like the true power lifting or like lifting stuff, like I think that those shoes are like fantastic for, for like sure. yeah. what someone is going to like need or like go for. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like, what would you like the takeaway people should have from this is, is kind of like, what what would you say that, that that looks like for people? Um, yes, there is no singular one best pair of shoes that we can recommend for people as a like blanket statement. Mm -hmm. Um, the pair of shoes that you wear are as personal as like the size clothes that you wear, maybe, or the like type of the, the size and the type of clothes that like fit your body for like a specific activity shoes Mm -hmm. are the same way like shoes need to be appropriate for both like your body and for the activity that you're that you're going to be doing yeah um so that's the first thing no one singular pair of shoes the second thing is that it is important to make the distinction of like do you need a more minimalist pair of shoes or do you need a pair of shoes that's going to give you more neurologic support and then in that case you're going to either look at those more minimalist shoes or you're going to look at those more um like supportive help you find yourself in space type of shoes um and again in terms of like some brands the more minimalist shoes that we like ultras viva barefoot like there's a ton of other ones in terms of more structured shoes that we like brooks and asics are the top two but there are other ones that that would be able to fall into that category those like uh criteria that you talked about earlier and then uh third point that i would say about shoes is that you probably shouldn't be in a pair of Nikes or a pair of Hoka's um, unless you have a really compelling reason to be. Mm-hmm. The, the Hoka's would be like, I broke my first toe, uh, which is your big toe, or um, I have some other like limitation in my big toe mobility that like I can't change and that I need to be able to get around, mm-hmm. or I'm so sensitive that I'm using Hoka's as like a Band-Aid for right now. Yeah. Um, anything else? No, I think that pretty much covers pretty much all of it. I mean, it's just um, it's a good conversation to have, uh, and it's a uh, it's always a hard one because like everybody just wants to know like what's the <laughs> the blanket statement? You know, what's your what are your thoughts on sh- on shoes? Or what's what are your the thoughts best on... one exercise yeah, I can do? Just yeah. give me the one stretch that's yeah. gonna fix me. Just put mm-hmm. me in the right pair of shoes. Yeah. Um, the, the last thing that I do want to touch on, um, because if you've listened this far into the podcast, either you really like us, you're a friend of ours, or exactly. you're or you're very interested in, in like shoes and feet. Maybe you mm-hmm. have foot pain, maybe there's something going on. Um, 
if the the last thing like if you have tried several pairs of shoes and you're still dealing with some sort of pain you need to go see a physical therapist or some sort of movement specialist because shoes like it is rare that a shoe in and of itself is going to like fix you if the problem has persisted especially if it's been more than a few months and Mm -hmm. especially if it's persisted through like more than one pair of shoes that's a like sign of something else bigger that's going on so please do not wait um Go get in contact with a physical therapist or other like movement specialist. Uh, we obviously really like to talk about this stuff and, and would be happy to help you uh, if you're in Austin. Um, and like if you need help finding a pair of shoes or you're interested in like nerding out and learning more, like come mm. on in for an evaluation. We will we'll we'll hook it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll hopefully be doing more of these soon this year. Before we go, I wanted to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to help support the podcast, take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Eastside Movement Co. To stay up to date on all the latest from us, sign up for our newsletter on our website, eastsidemovement.com, or give us a follow on Instagram at Eastside Movement Co. Thank you again for listening.